Geekish Cast is a member of the Astro Panda Productions Network. And welcome back to Geekish Cast, the world's reigning heavyweight champion in geek talk on the internet. I am your host, Jeremy, and joining me today is the creator of Geek Girl, Sam Johnson. How you doing, Sam? I am good, Jeremy. How are you? I am fair to Midland, so I'll, I'll get better. Okay. Yeah. How is uh, How are things over in the UK today? Uh, yeah, good. Uh, I've had a fairly relaxed day, written an article, going to my girlfriend's in a bit. All good. Sounds like a hell of a day to me. Um, Sam, so you contacted me recently uh, regarding your comic Geek Girl, but I know you've done some things in the past. Let's start with what influenced you to get into writing and writing comics specifically? Uh, well, yeah, I actually, coincidentally, the, the article I was writing today was kind of about this. Um, I'd kind of lost interest in comics. Uh, I was in a Virgin Megastore just sort of happened to come across their comic section and saw Rob Liefeld's uh, New Mutant stuff with Cable and Deadpool, and that uh, caught my eye and, and got me back into it. And, uh, yeah, Deadpool's uh, a big deal for me and a character that I want to work on. And, that yeah, that kind of brought me back in, having, having basically completely stopped reading comics. And then I got more and more back into them. This was around about the sort of time I was deciding what I – wanted to do uh, as a career, which was always going to be a writer. Um, image Comics ran some talent searches where they wanted you to submit stuff featuring their characters. So I, I did that and I got a taste for it. And yeah, from there on, I was I was well into comics, back on, on reading them and, and writing them. Okay. Um, so you knew you always wanted to be a writer. Uh, was it, Were you going to try to write fiction? Kind of what area were you headed towards, do you think, if you hadn't gone to comics? Um, I mean, I'd done, you know, fiction, I'd done, you know, journalism and, and so forth. It was, you know, it, it was kind of a mix. I mean, I still, you know, as I say, I wrote an, an article today. So mm -hmm. there's still like, you know, I do a bit of journalism. But creative is is what I'm I'm really about and, and building, you know, my, my universes. Uh, so comics has a lot of appeal to me and I like the the sort of shared universe aspect and being able to, you know, develop an ongoing hopefully ongoing series and that's yeah, those are two big factors that that appeal to me about about comics in particular. Okay, so you personally, when you when you read comics, are you kind of a general comics fan? Are you more into sci-fi, horror, or superheroes? What's your genre of choice? Superheroes. Um, Doom Patrol's my favorite book at the moment, uh, which is on DC's Young Animal imprint. I also really, really like the Jessica Jones TV series. I'm enjoying the the current run of that uh, in the comics and Moon Knight. So I like, yeah, I, I'm quite a big Marvel fan. Okay, well that's that's not uh, atypical. A lot of superhero fans are Marvel people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, me, I'm a DC guy, but I think that's just because my age more than anything. 
Yeah, DC has a different sensibility, and it's it's not something I connect with so much. But I mean, that Doom Patrol is is DC, but it's although it's a more offbeat one. But I am trying to. I've been posting on Twitter today about like I'm I'm intrigued by where they're going with this whole like they've released some teaser images with Batman and the Flash holding the Watchmen button, um, and I have never got round to reading uh, DC Universe Rebirth. The only reason for that being because I missed it in print. I don't particularly enjoy reading digital comics and that's where i've got it so it's going to kind of been sat there but i'm, I'm definitely going to get on that before we get into this this thing that they're building up to that's going to be in april with flash and, and batman so yeah i mean I, I certainly have a toe in the in the dc universe yeah they're doing interesting stuff but they're doing it slower than i would like to see they are doing it slowly, yeah. yeah. I mean, if this is if this is the, I mean, I've not been following the rebirth stuff, but if this is the first time they've properly tapped into that whole Watchmen thing, then you know it's been a while since they they started that. Yes, it's almost well, where we three months it'll be a year since they started rebirth. Right, right. Yeah, and they've had enough time to have a baby. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, Sam, what was the, the first comic book that you wrote and got published? Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, I did. I've, I've got a character called Carbaccini Voodoo Junkie Hitwoman, and uh, there's a miniseries uh, for her in the works, which isn't isn't far from completion, but uh, she's an ex-crack whore turned uh, supernatural gun for hire, and she, what I did, which I, which I recommend to create is when they're starting out is is i did short stories uh for anthologies but because as i said i was interested in you know the whole sort of building a universe thing rather than them being completely self-contained the first thing i had published was in um negative burn which was a, a long-running quite popular anthology um called and that was featuring characters from this gold town universe that i created and uh, and then carbaccini appeared in three halloween issues of this anthology called effects so yeah what i did with those what i enjoyed doing was they were kind of you know the beginnings of, of something bigger because as i say i'm, I'm big into the the, the universe and the developing characters thing so cabra had three appearances there one of which you can get there's a free digital comic called cabra tuny dark new year that you can get at uh drive through comics and issue which is i double s double u and uh that reprints her first story and also sets up the mini series which we've been working on a long time and i'm uh, i'm quite excited to be nearing completion on Oh, excellent. And then, so right now, uh, the reason you and I started talking is you've got a comic that, uh, did issue three just come out or is it just now coming out? I'm not sure. Issue, yeah, issue three's out. It's out. So your comic Geek Girl, um, you, you've kind of, your number three issue here is like a good jumping on point because you recap the series up to then. But why don't you give us a little, a little history on the creation of the character and a little history on this character's story? Okay, so the creation of the character came about uh, another image talent search thing. They were doing this Who Wants to Create a Superheroine contest. I came up with three characters for that one, which was Geek Girl, but it was a more sort of prototype version than what I've fleshed her out in now. And I decided this was a character I wanted to develop. So uh, I stuck with Geek Girl. We released an issue zero. Uh, the origins of Geek Girl, Ruby K is like a hot college chick that she 
used to getting whatever she wants. She and her friend are part of sort of the cool girl girl clique and that they're just getting drunk at a bar when they overhear the resident college brainiac talking about these super tech glasses that he's invented that, that give you super powers, flight and strength. Um her friend Stacy is is somewhat incredulous about this, but Ruby, kind of partly because of the level of drunkenness she's at, decides she wants these glasses. They get Trevor and his and his buddy drunk, and she wins them off them in a game of strip poker. And uh, there's a side effect of these glasses: there's a glitch in the in the programming where they're affecting her brain in ways she's not necessarily aware of. The initial thing of this is making her super klutzy, which is kind of the to the detriment of her, her social standing with her 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 clique. Who basically, the for the majority of them, her knocking a couple of drinks over them accidentally is enough to severely damage the relationship because just because of just what a shallow level it's it's built on but the friend that sticks with her her best friend summer is uh the one that's kind of her dad's a comic geek so she knows all about you know the superheroes in the way that we do in which which ruby doesn't and summer is also a fashion student so she creates ruby a costume and is kind of pushing her to become this this super heroine, which is not what necessarily Ruby would have done off her own bat. So Ruby go, is going around flying around looking for crime. This is what you do, talking to um, someone on a cell phone and nothing's happening. And then Neon Girl, the big shot super heroine of where they live, gets blasted through this billboard by this new super villainous lightning storm who's, who's come from nowhere. And Neon Girl is hospitalized and Neon Girl... Geek Girl takes her to hospital, but then Neon Girl's like, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. That lightning storm needs taking down. You dress like a superhero. So, you know, Neon Girl is very no-nonsense. You go out there and you take her down. So Ruby has sort of found herself, and that's where, where issue one starts. Um, one and two both get recapped in issue three, which we did as a a jump on issue and, a, and a, a, at a special price as well to to make it you know easily accessible um and that's where we're at and it's issue three that's out now uh it's available at geekgirlcomics.com and comicsology and this is yeah you can you can still get issues one and two uh, at those as well but if you if you jump on with issue three it'll, it'll bring you up to speed and this is where after a bit of uh trying to work out what the hell she's doing now she's landed these glasses for the couple of issues she's now ready to sort of try and step up that's kind of interesting because you give her a not really a sidekick but a side character who is genre savvy to the superhero things to kind of usher in her superhero-ness yeah yeah i mean summer's very much an integral part of it as i say that the lifestyle in the, in ruby's gang of girlfriends she's kind of a malleable one in the middle summer's like the decent girl and then you've got the the bitches karen carpenter being the the arch bitch uh, who kind of helps drive her out of the the clique but in doing so ruby's now a step removed from this shallow existence has these powers has this ability to whereas before she'd lived a, a, a very self-centered existence uh, as i say she's kind of in a malleable place uh, psychologically which the glass is going to impact on so she can now maybe go somewhere good with this but the, the whole thing is 
it's like ready or not because this is all new to her she got these glasses on a whim she doesn't know really what she's doing and she's found herself put in a position where she's got to step up and take down this kick-ass supervillain that's just easily taken down the big shot resident superheroine of maine where they live who's been doing this a lot longer and is a lot better at it than ruby is so on in terms of uh comparison neon girl would be equivalent to like a spider-man or a superman i mean what kind of power level and and status would would she be similar to Captain Marvel is is the one I would I would compare her most to. Okay. Yeah. And then how about your um, oh what's the villain's name again? Lightning Storm. Lightning Storm. Where is is there somebody that she's an analog to or similar to to kind of help wrap our heads around where she fits in? Well, the whole thing <laughs> with her is is she's kind of an enigma. It's okay. like she comes yeah. in, she takes down Neon Girl by the end of the first issue because where they live, there's only two resident superheroes before Geek Girls come along. The other one is Pitbull, who's like the, the jock superhero, and uh, she takes them down one way or another both of them and um so it seems like oh this is what she's doing she's taking down superheroes but then with issue three there's a curveball thrown in and it's like you think you know what she's doing but then she does something else so she's kind of we don't really know what she's about what her deal is and what her motivations are at this stage and that'll that will all come to the fore in issue four, where which concludes the mini series. Well, we'll see, you know, how she's got her powers, why she's doing what she's doing, and sort of the motives behind her because she's not sort of clear cut, you know, dark. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm I'm trying to tread around this because sure, <laughs> the whole sure. thing is not to give away uh, what a deal is until issue four. But yes, so in answer to your question, you know, her powers are electrical, so um, there are, you know, there are there are other super types that you can, you know, compare that to. But in terms of her character, she's hopefully something new. Yeah, okay. And then Geek Girl herself is kind of... Well, first off, you put her in... I don't know if you were shooting for something along the lines of Power Girl or or what the idea when you were coming up with the costume, but it is a, a rather skimpy costume. It is a, it is a skimpy costume, but um, the thing with the character is, you know, she's like in issue two where it's all there's no costume involved. It's like after the events of issue one, her and Summer are going to have some downtime or at least intend to go and have some downtime at a club. And she's kind of conscious of, you know, the the way she's been acting with these glasses, acting klutzy, and and she feels like her attractiveness has, has gone down. And, you know, she, she sees herself as a hot chick, and she's known as, as quote-unquote, Little Miss Popular Ruby K. So, you know, she wants to look sexy. This is, this is part of her character that she wears, you know, a skimpy costume. It's It's not something that's sort of painted on um and i'm i'm also conscious of when when we do because there's been a number of, of variant covers uh not to do something that is sort of like 
gratuitous and you know sometimes you'll see fan art where someone might draw like uh, the black cat or wonder woman in 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 very sort of suggestive poses that aren't necessarily in keeping with their character and that's not something i want to do everything that you see with ruby it comes from her character Okay, yeah. Well, it, it, who was there was the Italian artist who ran into some trouble with Spider Woman just in the last five or six years doing that. Myla Minari. Yeah. yeah, Minari. That's who it was. Uh, do you find it difficult uh, as a male writer working on a female character to not? Uh, let me see. Let me let me try to phrase this properly because I'm going to end up asking the question in a way I don't mean to. Is it hard or have you wandered into an area of fan service without meaning to because you're working with a female character or because you're conscious of it, It's you can avoid getting into more salacious uh, topics, looks, or that sort of thing? Well, I mean, it's it's not something, you know, it's not something I'm trying to get away from. It's, right. you know, that is, I mean, I, I enjoy that stuff myself. And, you know, she has got a hot look. She is a, a hot chick. And, and when I found, you know, when I was searching for an artist, it had to be someone that could, you know, deliver that kind of look. Uh, and cut which Carlos Granda, the artist, absolutely can. And, and But at the same time, he can de- deliver, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of female friends. Uh, of Ruby and a lot of female characters in the book and they all look very distinctive from each other so in terms of like when Ruby's you know flying around in, in a costume or fighting bad guys you know well you'll get the odd shot in uh, that's you know somewhat titillating but it's not something that you know I'm, I'm really pushing it's yeah this isn't like a, a, a tna book as such yeah well it's uh, let me remove the as such from the end of that sentence it's not but that is you know it's it is cheesecakey the artwork okay and how did you assemble the uh the art team you're working with where did you who who's working with you on this book and how did you find them so the artist is, is Carlos Grande. Um, I mean, we had, I, I mentioned Geek Girl Zero came out a long time ago from a, a different artist, and she was doing it as kind of an experiment. It's not uh, the kind, she usually does more sort of slice of life uh, and, and manga type stuff, uh, or anime influenced at least. And it worked with her because Sally, the artist, it worked with her because it was the issue zero was kind of low key black and white. It was setting up Ruby's college world. This is before, you know, she becomes part of this, you know, widescreen superhero universe. So for the miniseries, which we're, we, we're going in that direction with and, and full color, um, I needed it needed to be the right artist, and as I say, it's it's really important that you know he can number one draw like hot chicks, but also draw you know distinctive looking women. So it's not just like oh that looks the same but with a different hair color. So he's the right guy. It took a very long time to find him. I had a couple of um, false starts with artists. Uh, but once I got Carlos on it, um, he's, I mean, there's, there's no question he's, he's the guy for the job. And um, yeah, we got we spent a long time working on it, getting all four issues done before releasing issue one, because I didn't want that to be the end of this problem of it being six months between issues and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's been it's been coming out monthly. And, uh, yeah, and Carlos is about to do, there will be a, a second volume, and Carlos is about to uh, start work on a cover for that. Oh, excellent. How did you uh, How did you find Carlos? 
I think it was, I mean, it's, it, as I say, we were working on it a long time, so I, I can't that clearly remember, but I tend to advertise for artists uh, through websites, uh, forums on digital webbing and pencil jack, uh, and also in, in Facebook groups. It'll, it'll have been, you know, a combination of those. Often I, I'll post on the forum and then repost it in Facebook groups. That's where I get them. Cause he's, you know, I'm in the UK. He's in Colombia. So this is, oh, okay. this, is not, this is not my next door neighbor working on this with me. No, but that's one of those spots where technology has really, um, improved access to oh, absolutely. everything really yeah um yeah. and i've had a few people on um who let's see here i'm gonna forget everybody's names right now but a guy did a comic book called bigfoot sword of the earth man and it was about a sasquatch on mars as a warlord and oh it's an amazing book and he wrote it but he's a screenwriter so then he went through and using many of the uh, forums and sites that you just talked about found an art mm. team and put one together and got the book made yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 incredibly useful the, the internet. Um um yeah, I mean Facebook. I'm I'm all over Facebook. Yeah. All right. Um and so now that you've got you're going so the mini series you're I'm um, how many issues of Geek Girl are there going to be in the mini series total, do you know? Four. Four. So, so you Three out now, four comes out March 1st. Okay, and you're starting on the second volume. Are you going to run that as a miniseries, or are you going to start looking to go full comic series monthly? What's your What's your plan going forward? I'd, I'd like to do it ongoing, um, but, you know, it's it's these things aren't cheap to produce so for example comiXology is the main place where geek girl uh the mini series so far has been selling but we don't see any any money back from that until some months later so i mean i put in the money i had to get the mini series done so it's gonna number one it's gonna be a while before I can follow it. Um, I mean, when the collection, because the the Marcosi are the publisher, they'll be releasing a collection, and they they that's kind of their big thing. That's what they focus on. The single issues I'm putting out, although they take care of the digital side, and then they do the collection. So you know, when when we see returns, if 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 that you know warrants being able to do an ongoing series then that's what i'd love to do but we'll have to have to see how it goes okay but certainly i mean the the publisher has signed up for whatever form it may be for a second series i've written the first issue as i say carla's just about carlos is just about to start on a cover so it will be happening i mean i'm invested in these characters and i want to you know develop them Sure thing. So you could always go and do a couple of issues here and there, even if you don't go into a, a regular ongoing series. You've still got some ability to continue the story, and regardless yeah. of what happens. Yeah, I mean, it would either be it would either be you know a, 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 a second mini series or an ongoing, and then if it was a second series, maybe a third mini series would follow that. As I say, I'm, I mean, I I want to do it. It's just you know the the practicalities of it sure thing and then i guess marcosia being your publisher you say they focus on the collected edition so i imagine that that's because they try to get it into bookshop bookshops and that sort of yeah. sort of thing then okay yeah i mean exactly i mean that's that's why i i signed with them is is to get that reach all right How, are you finding people have been pretty receptive of geek girl yeah yeah no i mean it's it's going down 
Well, it's uh, yeah, and it, and I and I'm glad you know three issues in now and and seeing the reviews that it's it's kind of doing what I want it to do and it's been received the way I want it to it to be received because in general because um, the whole thing is you know geek girl as we meet Ruby K as she starts out this is not a quote unquote geek but she is going on a you know a a, a journey in inverted commas. And people are seeing the change. You know, this, this character is is not the most immediately endearing character, but through having this ability that she she's been landed with, it's changing her and and making her see things differently and act differently and and you know taking the taking on board the the power and responsibility adage. She's hopefully by the end of the four issue miniseries, someone that you really invested in and when she's up against lightning storm you're hopefully going to be you know uh biting your nails to hope uh, she she makes it through okay um yeah actually i've read the see issue three and some sample pages i i thought it was an entertaining story i do love superhero stuff so you know it, it hooks me right away um so first off, good job. I mean, it's incredible that you know you can have a passion for something and get to do it. So congratulations on that. I think that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, is this kind of? I mean, is this what you'd like to do with the rest of your life? Is it comic books or you know, just give us a little idea what you're writing, what you would like to see it do as you progress in life? Yeah, I mean, comics is is my focus. I, I did a, um, a a degree in in writing for film and TV, but that's not something I would want to aim at directly i'd be the the route i would take there would be getting my comics adapted into film and tv which is another thing that marcosia will hopefully uh be helping with so yeah i mean i i want to write marvel i want to write deadpool at some point when i'm uh, you know a sort of high enough profile for that to be a realistic consideration um and i you know i very much want to continue with with these characters and and develop them and um yeah i'd say carbaccini is is the other one alongside geek girl and then i have the almighties which are a more much more comedic uh super team and, and yeah sp- speaking on um speaking of rebirth as we were earlier the almighty's afterbirth is the one we're currently working on with that uh and that's quite far far and we've had two almighty we've had an issue zero and issue one of almighty's which you can still get at almightysamass.com this is co-created with um my friend Mike Gagno, who's a Canadian writer, and it's kind of an Avengers type scenario. Well, and it, you know, it parodies the Avengers among other things, where we've brought like some of his characters and some of mine together to form a team, and it's a lot of fun uh, working on it. Yeah, you know, one of my favorite runs in comics ever was the uh, Keith Giffen Justice League era. Yeah, yeah, I think there's this. That was kind of. Because of not, me not being a, a big DC guy, I'm not sort of. I'm obviously I'm aware of it, but it wasn't something I, I read at the time. But I think there's a there's a similarity there. I think there was an influence on that, um, an influence from that on Peter David's X Factor, and there's an influence from Peter David's X Factor on on the Almighty. So I think the, there's a, there's certainly a correlation that if you like uh, that kind of justice league then you, you'll you'll enjoy the almighty's yeah peter david's kind of a, a funny writer because he could do very dry humor and then very over the top at the same time 
Yeah, yeah. No, Peter David. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued that the next thing he's going to be doing is the Ben Riley series, uh, which I don't know if you're following the the, the clone conspiracy going on in spider-man at the moment but uh i'm not quite sure how with with how ben riley's been acting in that we're going to get him back to being a a superhero good guy but uh apparently we are and i'm interested to to see that yeah i don't know i saw a promo image for the the ben riley the new scarlet spider look and you could see mm. him smiling under the mask, but he didn't have a nose, and it freaked me out, so I couldn't look at him Okay. <laughs> well, it is troubling when they don't have a nose. Yeah, I was like, ah, I don't know what's going on under that mask. Yeah, I, I'd say if, if uh, presumably you're not particularly aware of what's going on in the, the Spidey books at the moment, but anyone that is reading that, Ben Riley has, has sort of come back as the Jackal, uh, it's like a, a new incarnation of the Jackal, who was responsible for, you know, all the Spider-Man clone stuff in the first place, and he's bringing all Spider-Man's uh, enemies and and friends back from the dead, but they they've got this they're sort of dependent on this drug to prevent them from turning into zombies. Uh, so it's it's kind of messed up. <laughs> yeah, um, I. Don't... Let me see, Sam. I don't know how old you are, but I, you know, I was a comic reader during the original Clone Saga. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm 43. I, oh, I was for yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. What what month were you born? October. Uh, we're very close in age then. I'm an August '73 baby. Okay. Yeah. Um. But so I, because of the original Clone Saga, I still have a very bad taste in my mouth towards Spider-Man yeah. clone stories. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's it's quite interesting what they kind of did with that after the fact, because, you know, when that ended, it was like, you know, we've milked this to death. It, it went on way longer than it was supposed to do because it, you know, started out being popular and then there was a whole backlash of it. And then they've they've kind of tapped into a little bit, a, a little bit here and there. And we're now at this point where, the, you know, there is a demand for a Ben Riley series so it's interesting and i you know i dan slot is is doing a great job on on spidey i really enjoyed it when he had doc Ock take over and i know following the clone thing we've got norman osborne coming back so I, he's not really put too much uh, too many feet wrong for want of a better way of putting that for me uh, I've, I've not i've not dug everything he's done with it but uh, i i'm certainly yeah, the clone thing, and, and it's different, and uh, I say the role that Ben Riley's in is, is quite intriguing, and I'm, I'm, it's, you know, I'm pretty hooked on it, because it's, you know, you've got at least two books a month to follow with the amazing and um, the, the clone conspiracy thing, and then there's other spin-offs, and it's, it's keeping my interest, uh, and I'm not feeling, you know, stretched out like uh, another one I remember from back in the day when they used to milk the Spidey franchise was the Maximum Carnage thing, where it was like a 2,500-issue crossover event, uh, which was basically Spider-Man fighting Carnage. And uh, I think they're, they've been smarter than that now. Yeah, it was. if I remember right, Maximum Carnage was Spider-Man and Venom working together to fight Carnage with the continuous, yeah. the continuous question is, do we go ahead and kill him because of all the lives we'll save, or does that make us bad guys to kill him? Because yeah. nobody had ever read a Batman comic before that, apparently. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. It was kind but of the just, lethal weapon of uh, Spider-Man comics. 
Yeah, but, you know, that's fine, but, you know, not in the, you know, however many goddamn issues of it there was. Yeah, it was, if I remember right, it lasted from 1978 until 1997. Yeah, right, yeah. well, that's that's a fairly good run for a crossover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not saying my memory's perfect, I just remember it no, running no, a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. But but at the same time, everybody was running ridiculously long crossover. Look at the the uh, rebirth of Superman and how long that went on. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Well, it's, it's the nineties we're getting into here, and it's the murky waters of the nineties. Yes, indeed. Well, the good news is comics are selling better now than they have at any point since nineteen ninety seven. So it's a good time to be in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me ask you this, because I don't really know what the comic buying uh, habits of people in the UK are. Um, I know that anthology magazines have still been around over there for a long time. What What are kind of the trends going on in the UK with comic book or uh, graphic art stories these days? I think it's, it's very similar to... Um what you're getting in America. I mean, the things that, that sell most, uh, the, the same as, as what sell where you are. I mean, you do get, as you say, an anthologies and things, but in terms of comics being published in the UK that are, you know, sort of a, a, a level that competes with, or at least is on the shelves next to your Marvel and DC, it tends to be like licensed stuff like Doctor Who and, and that kind of thing, okay. um, which obviously there's a market for in America as well. So I don't think there's a great deal of difference. I think, you know, any any sort of significant differences are going to be more on the very sort of small press, you know, not big selling thing. I think the things that, that, are, that are popular are more or less the same here as as they are in America, as far as I'm aware. Okay, but people are also willing to give a chance to, like, a, an indie comic like yours, and so probably very similar culturally as far as comic book buying goes between the U.K. and America, then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, Geek Girl is it's done in America, as an American comics. It's it's an American comic format. It is set in America. So, I mean, this is something that I, you know, hope is, you know, worthy to be on the shelf next to, you know, your Batman and your, your Spidey and so forth. Sure thing. And where, I mean, I don't know if you can track this, but, and forgive me if you can't, but where do you see people, where do you find it being the most successful? Is it in America or do you have any idea? Um... It's difficult for me to gauge that because the though I I want to do conventions in America, I've only so far got the the experience of doing them here. Um, and Geek Girl, I think conventions can be hit and miss. But I I, I mean I started the first convention I ever did was with Geek Girl Zero, and and it did well there. And it's you know helped. Geek Girl Zero had like three prints, and it it ran a long time while we were getting. Um, the miniseries done which was helpful in building the audience and like there's a geek girl facebook group which has now got like eighteen thousand people in it oh wow so yeah so it's it's because you know as i say I, I am invested in this so it's it was very useful what while geek girl took a long time the, the miniseries took a long time to do there was still this presence there because of zero getting three printings and like a friend of mine cosplays and she did a geek girl costume so we had like a variant cover of, of her as geek girl so that that was good but in terms of um i don't again i think it's i don't think there's there's much 
difference. I think it's the the people that are going to buy Geek Girl here in America. Uh, it, it's hard to it's hard to say really, but I don't think uh, there's a great disparity. I don't think this is going to do well here or not here. I think if you like the type of book, whether you're, you're British or American, Canadian, whatever, um, it's you know it's an accessible book. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now for you, are you finding that, I mean, like you said, you've only done conventions in the UK, but one of the things I have found talking to people, whether they're comic book creators or filmmakers, um, is that getting out, shaking hands, obviously the one-to-one transactional relationships you make with fans is still the best bang for your buck when you're trying to promote something you're creating. Is that what you're finding? It's yeah. I mean, it's good. I, I mean, I had weird experience the last time where, like, I was on because usually I'm I'm just you know well I, I tend to share a table, but it's it's with my own stuff. And because this was uh, Geek Girls now with Marcosia, I was on the Marcosia table, and I was sort of coming and going because it wasn't you know sort of exclusively my table, and I was I was doing other things. And then I'm coming back, and the guy that was that was on the table throughout, Jordan's telling me there was the people coming up and, and looking at, at Geek Girl and uh, that were familiar with it and saying, oh, I, and he's like, oh, Sam will be back in a, in a bit and you can you can get him to sign it for you. And, and there was a couple of people that were like, oh, I couldn't do that and I'd be too nervous. And uh, so don't don't do that uh come and come and get it signed because yeah it is it is good to have that uh interaction and it, you know it's like you know when i have my friends read it it's like some of them will read it and some of them will oh no i won't take it out of the the bag because i don't want to damage it and it's like you know i want i want to hear what people think about it i'm not you know writing this entirely for my own amusement it's it's very nice to to get feedback okay yeah that's um yeah that's kind of cool people actually get nervous meeting you at, at conventions now well this isn't that's not you know that's not a typical thing okay. it was just uh it was a weird thing in that you know there was like a couple of times at this last one i did i'd gone away and i'd come back and there's and there'd been someone that you know was kind of uh apparently expressing that kind of thing and it's that's like yeah, don't don't worry about that no I've, I've had two three bad issues of me just nerding out too hard when i've met somebody one was jim shooter and right, I okay. was just like, hey, thank you for the 1980s. And I shook his hand and started to walk off. He's like, what's your name? I'm like, it's not important. And I just kept going. <laughs> um, so that's that's kind of funny. Well, it's got to be kind of cool, though. I mean, you've at least got a, a interesting enough base that you are a celebrity to, to some of the people coming to the table. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, but you know, as I say, don't don't let that stop you getting the book because that's the, the you know that's what I'm doing it for is yeah. for you to get the book. Well, that's awesome. Uh, Sam, we are starting to run up on time here. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find your work and you and whatever whatever social media stuff you want to share on the interwebs? Yeah, okay. Well, um, if you Google Sam Johnson Comics, that should easily bring up my blog, which links to my Facebook and Twitter and, and various uh Tings and uh, geekgirlcomics.com is the best place to get to uh, to get Geek Girl. You can get it at Comixology, but one thing I found out, when you're searching for it on Comixology, you need to make sure you spell it as it's written, which is geek-girl. It does not find it if you just put geek-girl. space But uh, yeah, issues one to three 
all still available uh digital print there's there's a there's a a couple of great variants uh the issue one we've got one done by john royal who's a danger girl artist he's got a very j scott campbell-esque art style and uh yeah very you know i'm very happy with the finished product which put a lot of time fine-tuning it i've just sent uh issue four off to the printers which is going to be an extra size finale issue and uh i'm 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 quite uh, intrigued to see what people's reactions are going to be to the climax. Uh, so, yeah, I think that, that'll probably do you. But there is the, all the comics I've mentioned. There are free digital preview comics of, of Geek Girl and the Almighty's and Carbaccini. And if you, if you find my blog, as I say, Google Sam Johnson Comics, uh, they're, they're right at the top of the blog, link, links to get in free ones. So if you want to sample any of these, you can get free digital comics. Oh, excellent. And we'll have, um, at geekishcast.com, we'll have links to all that as well. So that way if you are in the car or something and can't write these down, you can go to the website later and find it if you can't Google Sam Johnson because you can't spell or something. <laughs> and also, don't just Google Sam Johnson. Make sure you put comics in because there was some guy that wrote the dictionary and you might find you get M. One guy wrote a whole dictionary. The guy that, that originally wrote the dictionary is Samuel Johnson. So... <laughs> You have to be a little specific and put comics in there, or you're just going to be getting loads of dictionary links. Huh. I learned something today. There you go. <laughs> I did not know that. That's amazing, too. Yeah. Um, was there anything you wanted to say that I forgot to ask about? No, I think uh, I think I'm, I'm good with that. Um, yeah. All right. Well, everybody, you can find us in the meantime at geekishcast.com. Please go out and find uh, Cabrucini, Geek Girl, The Almighties by Sam Johnson. Check out his uh, blog, samjohnsoncomics.com. Is that right? No. Yep. Samjohnson-comics.blogspot.com. Yeah, so it's a really catchy title. That's why I say to Google Sam Johnson yep. Comics in order to get it. Yeah, so check that out. Uh, remember to find us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash geekishcast. I tweet from at the geekishcast. Please rate, review, five-star us. We're on iTunes and Google Play and a bunch of other places. And you can find us at blogtalkradio.com. Hey, Sam, thank you for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. And we will talk to you all soon. Geekishcast is a Vias and Victor production and is part of the Astro Panda Productions Network. You can find us now on SoundCloud and on Blog Talk Radio. Our theme music is taken from the song Out to Get Mine by Reign of Zeus. Check them out at reignofzeus.net.